you know, a lot of the work is, is quite um, anti-romantic, you know, where, because I think there's a lot of art and a lot of movements that have been out there that are sort of celebrating, you know, the marvels of the outdoors or the animal kingdom of, um, you know, plants or whatnot. I mean, not, not that that's problematic, but I guess what I'm more interested in is the tension and kind of what I see as um, the contamination and the destruction, which is happening constantly around us. Hello and welcome to Talking Plants and Animals. I'm Joshua Linz. This episode I speak with Evan Collis, an artist from Winnipeg whose work depicts a range of plants and animals in startling and poignant scenarios. Check out the video of this episode on YouTube, linked in the show notes. On to the show. Welcome to the show, Evan Collis. Um, thanks so much for taking the time to be here and talk to me today. Um, could you uh, just give a brief introduction for, for people who don't uh, who, who haven't heard of you? Okay, yeah, well thanks Josh for having me on. Um, yeah, my name is Evan Collis. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm a visual artist and animator from Winnipeg, Manitoba originally. Uh, currently I'm in Barcelona, Catalonia, Spain. And uh, yeah, just this past uh, summer, I launched uh, the second zine of the Litter Pig series. So I guess that's one of the things we might be talking about. <laughs> yeah, Litter Pig. I, uh, thanks so much for sending those over. They're amazing, by the way. Um, everybody <laughs> really should check these out. Um, your art's fantastic. You have an amazing body of work. Like, uh, you're, you're pretty young. And you already have like such an incredible gallery of uh, um, just incredible work. Um, I encourage everybody to check it out. Well, thanks. Um, Litter Pig, that's your latest creation, right? Yeah, well, I mean, among them, yeah, it's been a project that I've been working on uh, since really, I guess, the, the COVID pandemic of 2020 is what kind of kickstarted it. But yeah, it's mm -hmm. just sort of, uh, and it, it's, it's a mute comic that just sort of follows sort of this hapless boar in its, uh, you know, kind of degraded environment, which is in the Colserola region, which is kind of this park just right behind Barcelona. So it's like a contemporary fable, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> oh, definitely. When I, when I uh, was taking a look at it, it really uh, resonated with me. Like, I felt like I was the litter pig. Um, Growing up in Manitoba, every spring, the thaw, you see the glitter coming uh, back to life. And um, it's just part of uh, our environment that uh, isn't depicted in a lot of the landscape art coming from Canada or, you know, so I, I love that your art gets at the cruddy underbelly um, of uh, uh, the reality behind the imagination, the colonial imagination, right? A lot of your work has to do with the train. And that's yeah. something where we um, both have had a lot of experience. Um, mm -hmm. Do you want to comment on that about how, how your work kind yeah. of cuts, cuts through that uh, imaginary uh, vision of what we were brought up with? Well, totally. I mean, a lot of, a lot of what I, what I do uh, when it comes to, you know, um, visual art, I guess, and it has to do with kind of a lot of these these ideas that you're sort of touching on there. Um, kind of this sort of romanticized, idealistic sort of uh, vision of Canada that you know 
is kind of uh, exported, you know, <laughs> across the country and and internationally, especially like there's a lot of propaganda that Canada is, you know, um, you know, this pristine kind of untouched virgin wilderness where um, maybe there's parts of that that might be true, but much, much of that is actually a, a manipulation. Um, when you think of like, you know, that the tar sands are visible from outer space or that Lake Winnipeg is is a rapidly dying lake. <laughs> and uh, oftentimes we just kind of ignore that or it's not on our radar. So um, yeah, the, the pollution, the litter, the uh, continuing contamination, kind of all of those sort of, uh, sort of the layers, I guess, you know, of, um, you know, if you want to call it societal or industrial or civilization's impact on the land and I guess when, when uh, you know, I worked as a porter for, for, for the railroad um, for those years, a lot of that was kind of revealed to me in a way that, uh, like, I'm, I'm a city city guy, right? Like, growing up in Winnipeg, it wasn't, wasn't as obvious otherwise. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you go by and you see, like, you know, the prairies, all the agriculture, you see, you know, all the farmland that goes on and on and on, you see the potash piles like in Saskatchewan you see how they they carve the railroad through the mountains um yeah so I mean like really it's there's so many layers to that kind of colonial expansion into Canada and the resource exploitation that continues today for sure for sure yeah and and then that identity uh like for me I was I was mentioning to you how far back in my family history the working on the railway goes and yeah. even other resource extraction like uh mining and I would consider farming basically resource extraction too. Um, and yeah, so it's, we're, we're painted this really lovely picture um, that we can kind of eat up, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's just, if you take a look at what's happening in BC right now with, well, both coasts are being kind of washed out and roadways and, and railways are getting, uh, uh, decimated really um and it's yeah. um those two images the, the the reality and that image is is basically tied together right we wouldn't be able to do so much resource extraction and uh uh i don't want to throw the word ethnic cleansing around there but like move, moving people who whose area that was off forcibly which is still happening today in bc though it's so and, and uh, so um, yeah, super important stuff. And it's really great that uh, we have artists like yourself who are um, let, getting those ideas to percolate in our in our collective, uh, you know, minds um, in, in uh, kind of more subtler ways, I think. Um, it's more effective for a lot more people. Um, like, for example, your COP26 cartoon i don't know if you want to mention talk about that a little bit um in Canadian oh, dimension sure yeah that was uh yeah a cartoon i did for yeah the publication of canadian dimension um i guess that was earlier this this month in november and uh yeah it was it was basically uh just kind of a satirical um illustration kind of just sort of pointing out the hypocrisy and the contradictions uh and the spectacle the kind of is COP26 and kind of are these big climate conferences where 
you know, you have uh, political leaders and business elites flying in from all over the world to kind of uh, put on a show and, you know, <laughs> I mean, beyond that, I'm not really sure. And especially kind of ironic after these last, you know, couple of years where many of us have been, you know, working from home, uh, have been, you know, trying to navigate the, you know, the Zoom world, kind of like we're just doing this, this interview on right now. And, you know, yet they kind of insisted on all sort of gathering in one part of the world and putting on a big show. It's interesting. <laughs> Private jets and the amount of fuel burned. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's exorbitant. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, the like prevalence of animals and plants in your work, I just, it seems like in, in every bit of work you do, animals or plants are kind of at the forefront. Mm -hmm. Is that, um, is that just because of, um, like what we've been talking about, like the, this, this interplay between humans and their environment and it's kind of inevitable to depict plants and animals? Yeah, no, I mean, certainly, I mean, definitely, uh, you know, the natural world, um, the animal world, you know, um, those environs that are kind of constantly around us interest me. Um, I draw inspiration from, I guess there's something sort of about this um, sort of degraded landscape or, you know, um, just just sort of these ideas of, of like, you know, the landscape that is constantly around us and how it's constantly changing, you know, in different ways and, and sort of that fragile um, sort of delicate balance of animal and human coexistence and dependency and, you know, um, like really it's, 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 it's quite, uh, it's quite fine, I think ultimately, but we often sort of take things for granted and um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it's kind of all of that, but, uh, and, and really I think, um, I mean, I don't want to come off as like, you know, a lot of the work is, is quite um, anti-romantic, you know, where, because I think there's a lot of art and a lot of movements that have been out there that are sort of celebrating, you know, the marvels of the outdoors or the animal kingdom of, um, you know, plants or whatnot. I mean, not, not that that's problematic, but I guess what I'm more interested in is the tension and kind of what I see as um, the contamination and the destruction, which is happening constantly around us. And especially as our population continues to grow on, on the planet and resources become more and more exhausted. Um, I don't know, I don't know. Um, leaves a lot to, to wonder. Yeah, but I, I just love how your work uh, brings that humor to it and yeah. takes the, you know, like there's that one scene with the plastic bag in the trees and it says gracias on the plastic bag it's like yep thanks and it's just it's really funny the other thing that i kind of mo motif that i that i was noticing is um sort of like that interbeing kind of aspect of it of 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 animals and and plants and humans there's this one uh part of litter pig where the boar gets this mask or this, this mm. face stuck on his head yeah. and he's running around and it, it breaks and you see his eye and the other and the mask's eye and um it's a human human mask right uh yeah. and then there's another scene in another one of your works um dog and crab 
with, with, with a similar kind of interbeing kind of uh, element to it and um but it just in a such a funny way without words i don't know mm-hmm. how do you how do you do that how do you how does that where do these images come from well i guess um with with litter pig one it was about the boar um that kind of sort of sort of breaks into this theme park which is actually a real um theme park it's like an antique um amusement park that sits on this mountain called tibi double overlooking barcelona and uh and it's, it's kind of a fascinating place you know just just to kind of see the uh the, the old um the old rides and everything you know there's like a ferris wheel and and, and, the, and different things kind of like that these sort of um what do you call those uh carousel yeah carousel and also these sort of they have this collection of like i can't think of the word right now but they're kind of like basically like simple robots that kind of like like auto automatic uh automatons yeah yeah that's it thank you automatons yeah and uh anyways um so it kind of breaks in there at night and i just like kind of thought that'd be kind of a fun um venue to have kind of this boar like running around yeah he gets this big like papier mache mask on its head and keeps running through and it's just sort of like all of these uh these sort of like misadventures of this boar. Like he, the boar just has miserable luck constantly, but but finds a way to to make it through because it's like everything's against it. And and for many of the boars um, in Barcelona, like you know, they're considered uh, you know a plague, like overpopulated. You know, they come down into the city and, and they eat trash. You know, they, they they can cause car accidents. They they scare some people like Shakira was in the news last month complaining about boars like attacking her and biting her bag or something. So, I mean, like they, they don't, they don't make the news for much good. And there's like open call orders on them. So they're kind of these sort of kind of like resistant beasts that come in and out of the mountain, <laughs> bounce back up into the hills and whatnot. And so, um, yeah, I kind of was just sort of kind of running with that. Cause I always thought the boar was a very noble beast and, uh, and very distinct, and you know it's kind of interesting to see how the boar used to going from a, a like a beast that was quite revered in a lot of the cultures um specifically here in europe but also i know beyond europe and uh and now how it's sort of seen as this this sort of like filthy swine you know pest and uh and so when i was kind of articulating that through the drawings like you know uh i made the decision to make it mute like without um written text uh, largely because, you know, since I'm living in Barcelona here, I don't uh, have huge confidence in my writing capabilities in Catalan or in uh, Castilian Spanish. So I thought, you know, also it would just sort of, it takes you somewhere else when it's all all in images and pictures and it might slow you down to really kind of immerse yourself and look at these drawings. And, you know, I was inspired by also like sort of these sort of classic etchings and also um, sort of like the underground cartoon movements. Um, the last while as well so it's kind of a mix of all that cool yeah and your your short film cold shot short animation too that was yeah. silent as well and i was talking with my family because we were we all watched it together and we um we were commenting that it, it reminded us of the nfb shorts growing up and how classic how it just had this classic feel to it and um one of my brothers was saying how it's kind of genius to have no words because the French English, like you could get so much play in, in French Canada and English, English Canada. Yeah. Right. Um, but also Spanish. I didn't even think about that part of it. Um, yeah. With cold shot. I mean, um, yeah, it does have sound, but it doesn't have any dialogue. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, 
Andy Rudolph and Kelsey Braun put together a really amazing um, sound component for the film. And uh, as you know, um, Dave Street recorded some great uh, uh, sort of sound footage of the train. And uh, no, they, they did together, they really made a really haunting, beautiful uh, soundtrack to accompany, accompany yeah. the image. Yeah, it was really effective, that soundtrack. The sound, the chug, chug, the slow chug of the northern train. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just amazing, incredible touch. Made it, it transported, it, like, made it real, brought it to life and made it, uh, like, brought me back there. Yeah. Um, I want to go back a little bit. We were talking about the boar and how he was a noble, noble kind of beast. And mm. people generally, probably, had better relations with animals in, in history and I mean when we talk about um, depictions of animals in art and you're, you're in Europe right now I, I've always been fascinated by cave art and depictions yeah. of, of plants and animals through through the ages right I think that there, there must be something uh, very deep beyond uh, our understanding of, of the process of artistic creation and and depictions of animals. Do you have any thoughts on that? Do you feel a connection to the cave artists? Do you think you're part of that same thread of humanity, or am I just <laughs> overblowing this completely? I mean, cave art's fascinating, and uh, yeah, like you're right. There's some really phenomenal examples. You know, uh, not too far from where I am here. Like there's. Um, you know the caves up in in southern France, and then there's the the caves down in like Cantabria. Like uh, it's it's amazing. Like I was I was uh, you know looking at some. I look at those images every from now and then because there is there is something kind of um, uh, what's the word? I mean, there's a current that kind of connects us to that past. You know, and uh, as much as there's been huge changes from our society now to I guess societies twenty thousand years ago. That would have been making these images or even longer like i think the ones in cantabria they're from the oldest images are from thirty-seven thousand years ago or something yeah which yeah. is just kind of hard to imagine and then i think there some of that some of those um collections of paintings were done over a twenty thousand year period and it's like i i don't even i have a hard time trying to sort of harness that that time frame you know it that's what i mean it's like it's beyond yeah. our understanding yeah you know um, transcendent might be a word because it transcends totally. our individuality and our and our and our conceptions and it's it's um yeah it's fascinating but um yeah it's do you, like when you when you are you know when you find yourself in your process um um do you have it all in mind like do you is it a very rational process or do you or are you kind of letting stuff flow um do you, do you plan everything out beforehand you know exactly what you're gonna it's, do it's it's a mix it's a mix i mean mm -hmm. sometimes um you know i will make sort of painstaking notes and studies and and sort of try different things out and work it all through and then other times I'll just sort of improvise and go from image to image or just get an idea and just jump into it and not uh, not pontificate on it too long or anything like that. So it's it's a mix, you know, kind of depends. Do you have any fond memories or any other like interesting stories of the Winnipeg art scene? How long have you been away? And do you plan on coming um, back at all? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'll, I'll be back in Winnipeg in the not too far distant, but uh, I'm out here now. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I love Winnipeg. Um, you know, Winnipeg is home in so many ways. Um, and I mean, Winnipeg has such a thriving and interesting art community, um, you know, across like for, for music, for film, for, for fine art, visual art. Um, so I, I think, uh, yeah, it's always gonna be a place I'm coming back to. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Winnipeg uh, inspires me for so many different reasons. So um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I have a bunch of stories, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want to, I know some of them might not be, uh, uh, safe for work. So we'll, we'll, we'll save that for after, but, um, let me go back to, uh, dog and crab here. Okay. I love this. I love this. And it was, um, this was a collaboration with a friend of yours, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I, I want to give a shout out to, um, Blaft, Pub, Blaft Publications, B-L-A-F-T Publications. That's right. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, their 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 books are just gorgeous. Yeah, and, they do. And super, super interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, they they do incredible, incredible stuff. They're blaffed. Yeah. So, you want me to sort of give a brief sort of rundown of that project? Well, how, or? Yeah. How did how did that project come about? And and um, and what what did you what were you trying to say with it? Um, well, basically. Um, so Misha Michael, who uh, was was the collaborator, you know, we worked together to make uh, Dog and Crab. Um, she she kind of approached me um, a while back. Like we're old friends from from art school. We've known each other for I don't know, probably more than fifteen years, um, and uh, and wa- and wanted to do like a zine, you know, together because um, she's made zines in the past. I've made zines in the past, um, but we've never done one together. And I'd gone out to Chennai to visit her and attend her wedding, um, where she lives. She lives in Chennai, um, and, and Blaff Publications is based in Chennai in Tamil Nadu, India. Um, in two thousand and eighteen, gonna like make sure my dates are right here. Yeah, two thousand eighteen, and uh, and so uh, I was out there for you know um, I don't know under three weeks, but. Uh, had a great time and, you know, was really, was really moved by, uh, you know, the city and how, how, how different everything was from what I, I was kind of used to in Winnipeg, for example. Um, and, you know, I met um, everybody at Blaft when I was down there on that, uh, that trip. And then basically that kind of got things going. Um, so during the pandemic, Misha said, hey, let's, let's, let's do this. And basically we kind of shot around IDs for a while. Misha's really, um, fascinated with hermit crabs. So that that was kind of one of the main points there. And then I guess we kind of wanted to tie in kind of, you know, um, the city, you know, the urbanscape and kind of these these urban animals. Because urban animals, I think, are a theme that we both kind of uh, are interested in, you know? And so the street dog, the Chennai street dog sort of became kind of a very interesting way to kind of explore and move through the city with. And then the hermit crab, was kind of ha- was it, I mean they're they're fascinating crabs I guess if you think of how they they can make a home out of all of these different sort of objects and change homes and, and move about kind of how they all order themselves um, so yeah that was kind of that was kind of it really we kind of used the, the street dog and the hermit crab to kind of make this sort of poetic story of 
of this place in a way. And so I kind of followed Misha's lead on a lot of it because she lives in Chennai and um, she did, she did all the text and um, yeah, I provided um, a number of pages of, 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 of images kind of following the street dog through the city. And Misha did these amazing drawings of the beach and uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah, it's a beautiful book. It's a great, great uh, little zine. Um, yeah, so um, was there anything else that you wanted to, to cover um, or mention, like art projects coming up or um, anything like that? Um, well, I guess I'm, I'm kind of always working on different things. So I have an animation right now that I'm working on. Um, can't talk too much about it right now, but it's uh, it's sort of taking place uh, in New France. It's about a courier in New France in the seventeenth uh, century, and um, also sort of working on some some big drawings that are kind of revisiting the the railroad theme actually um, for a show that should be in Winnipeg uh, in the spring, kind of revolving around uh, Tyndall Stone actually, which is kind of interesting and kind of connects to a bit what we're talking about here. Because from what I understand, Tyndall Stone, you know, is uh, it's quarried in Manitoba. Like it's that one type of stone, and you know, it's been used in many uh, much of the, much of the construction and you know development of Western Canada. Um, mm. So yeah, cool, cool, yeah. Um, important stories um, <laughs> and uh, important perspectives. Um, yeah, I really appreciate what you do. And um, oh, thanks, Josh. Thanks for um, taking the time with me today. Uh, your website is evancollis.com, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and um, everybody should check it out. Uh, uh, do, you, do you sell uh, um, prints of your paintings, or do you just sell, or do, I mean, are they for sale? Yeah, I mean, it's a mix, you know, I mean... Um, you're interested in anything in particular to shoot me a message and talk about it but uh i mean down the line i might do uh a limited edition of some some prints but uh yeah right now it's mostly just you know the zines and you know and originals here and there but uh, mm -hmm. yeah we can talk cool cool right on okay all right thanks, thanks so much, much for all sure right, take care Ciao. you too see ya Thanks, Evan, and thank you for listening. Here's Gruff the Druid with his track, The Plants. Until next time. Think of strange thoughts, but not speak a word. The more familiar the herb from any blocks you could be heard. No one can merge without the power to observe the unified field from which they see the words before they're heard. Ever see a herd of trees crawling beneath clay and soil, singing in symphonies that pre-writ the human toil? Uprooted, they boil in agony, in tune to tragedy. Neighboring trees cry in fear, how many ears pierce the apathy so exhibiting among us? Dancing to beats that drumless, they tug us with a rope tied with psilocybic fungus, the tribe that brung us. Customs and cultures from life to death, try taking a breath of oxygen without Feeling the effects of the plants They adopted the human seed And prompted many others Becoming mothers of earth Bursting with beauty undiscovered Pursuing tranquility Quiet virtuous wisdom through the humility Gifts given have been of interest Medicine of tradition Has almost entirely been comprised Of those botanical lives Fending off our own demise Modern pharmacy
pharmaceuticals that become more suitably disguised from the plants that feed your eyes with taste buds to tantalize the plants have tried and try again they try to harmonize ask george washington carver who sang to his garden why the voice of the tiniest living things that's significant is the largest size the plants they pardon our weakness give us uniqueness an opportunity to take part in life's completeness i'm talking about the plants that's right i said the plants i'm talking about the plants that's right i said the plants recall who sheltered you when you were just a child you don't recall who fed you homo sapien when you were wild you don't recall who made the air so pure and clean you don't recall but got the nerve to sit right in between who protected your weak vulnerable body when you were naked walking through the trees appearing much less godly you don't recall you don't recall you don't recall you don't recall what i do it was the plants about the plants that's right i said the plants the motherfucking plants the plants the plants i'm talking about the plants the plants the plants the plants that's right i said the plants.